ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, everyone. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines anytime. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, whole true, great taste only, 96 calories. Coming up this hour, we're going to hear from Marshall Volleyball Coach Ari Agatis. She's going to be on the program. Her team is in action at the Cam Henderson Center tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. So we're going to talk to her also. We're going to hear later on players Tavante Beckett and Levi Brown from Marshall. You're going to get their thoughts on the upcoming game with Rice. Plus, as time allows, we're going to open up those Miller Lite phone lines for you. A lot of news to get into today. Let's start at the top. Marshall and Virginia Tech today announcing that the two schools have scheduled a home-and-home football series for 2023 and 2024. Now, here's how it's going to happen. Virginia Tech's going to visit Joan C. Edwards Stadium on September 23, 2023. Then the herd will travel to Lane Stadium in Blacksburg on September 7, 2024. Here's what the release says. Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, who, by the way, you can hear him later on right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 during Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. That'll follow this show. Here's what he said today in the release. These two games will be a treat for Thundering Herd fans. Virginia Tech is rich in tradition and has been one of the most consistent football programs for so many years. We look forward to welcoming them back to Huntington in four years, and I know we'll have a lot of fans make the trip down there as well. It's a good get, really. Schedule-wise, it's a good get. And, of course, my camera's been pretty good about getting quality opponents to come into Jones C. Edwards Stadium. I mean, here's the outline of what Mike camera's done. Marshall's landed home-and-home games with Virginia Tech, NC State, Pitt, Louisville, Purdue, Boise State, Cincinnati, East Carolina, Navy, Army, Appalachian State. I love that game. Appalachian State coming back to Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Of course, also, you've got a chance to take on the Miami Red Hawks. The Battle of the Bell, that's continued under Mike Hamrick's watch. Notre Dame, hey, don't forget, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's on the schedule. That'll be a big game for the Thundering Herd, and you get a $1.4 million contract for a single game at the University of South Carolina. Uh, That's the largest guarantee for the Thundering Herd in school history. So you give Mike Hamrick a lot of credit for what he's been able to do schedule-wise. I can't complain. I know sometimes you look at some of the schedules and you see, oh, hey, look, oh, there's a MAC team. Well, hey, I like playing these MAC schools. I really do. Specific schools, mind you. I want to play Ohio. I want to play Miami. I want to put them on the schedule. Akron, I could do with or without them. Put Toledo on the schedule. I would like Toledo. Occasional game with Western Michigan? Sure, throw them on the schedule. That'd be fine. Buffalo? Not so much. Again, Kent? Eh, I could could do without them. Specific schools, games that I think would mean something to older herd fans? Sure, put them on the schedule. Same thing with Southern Conference schools. Put some Southern – if you need a, a lower division game, you need a game 
throw a Southern Conference school in there now and then. I get it completely. And, of course, Appalachian State makes sense. They're a Sun Belt school. They're a team that you have a history with. I know you can't play them yearly, but I really liked that matchup years ago, the rivalry between the two schools. It was a fun game. You always loved it when Appalachian State came into Huntington and vice versa. I'm not going to mention Furman, though, because the sound of Furman and the sight of purple still makes my former co-host on this program, Woody Woodrum, shiver, shake, quiver. And um, he has that queasy feeling sometimes when you mention Furman or you come in wearing the color purple. He's not a big fan of the color purple. Uh, I think he's had some some flashbacks now and then. It's sort of like when Dave Walsh, the former Young Thundering Herd quarterback, when we have him on the program, if I even allude to Miami of Ohio or mention the number 66-6, to six, he kind of shakes sometimes. I get it completely. Some bad history there. But for the most part, going back to this, uh, in all seriousness, this is great. This is good for the Thundering Herd. You get Virginia Tech back on the schedule. It's a good regional matchup as well. Easy to travel to. Both fan bases can travel. Virginia Tech, Marshall, makes sense. Yeah, I like to see Virginia get on the schedule if possible, put them on the schedule, get some of these more regional schools on the schedule, teams that you can travel to. It helps, especially with your conference schedule not being as friendly to travel. For example, Rice. How many Herd fans are heading the Rice? Now, I'm probably going to be surprised. There might be more Rice fans in their living rooms watching this than in the stadium. There might be more Marshall fans in the stadium watching this than the Rice fans in the stadium. Who knows? We shall see. All right, when we come back from break, uh, we're going to get this thing kicked off. we got Levi Brown. Love talking to Levi Brown. Levi broke it down for us earlier this week, and uh, you get a chance to hear what's on his mind as far as what this team looks like, these Rice Owls. His impressions of Rice later on, we're going to hear from Devontae Beckett, and uh, we're going to have a visit with Ari Agnes, the head coach of the Marshall Volleyball Team. Big matchup for the Thundering Herd coming up. Back at the Cam Henderson Center, very busy Friday for the Thundering Herd as far as volleyball. You also have women's soccer wrapping it up as well. So two matches you can take advantage of, soccer or volleyball. Ari's going to talk about soccer when we continue. I'm sorry, Ari's going to talk about volleyball later on when we continue. But coming up next, we're going to hear from Levi Brown on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Listening to the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Still to come, we're going to hear from Marshall volleyball coach Ari Agnes as she's got action tomorrow at the Henderson Center for you. Six o'clock will be first serve. She'll tell us more about that coming up in about 15 minutes. We've got Levi Brown right now. Earlier this week, had a chance to catch up with Levi as continuation of Marshall Rice prep. For these guys, goes on. Uh, they're getting ready for, of course, the travel portion of the schedule now. The equipment truck's already made its way and uh, hit the road. Uh, they will be there, ready to go, waiting for the Thundering Herd when the Herd takes the trip. Of course, we'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So uh, when I talk to Levi, I love talking to Levi, especially on Tuesdays, because at this point, these guys have really got into film study a lot more. Levi's already the type of guy that's going to get into film study. He's more of a student of the game, always going to break it down for you. And that was my first question when talking to Levi. I just wanted to know, what did you see on film? I watched, I'd say, an hour and a half or so, roughly yesterday, um, more or less just trying to get an idea of, you know, what their most common front is, what they're going to do the most, and 
try and get the things that kind of show off more in film than instead of little things that catch your eye. Trying to get a, a big picture and, and get the little details further and further you go along as the week goes. So that's kind of his um, idea of what film study is going to be for him throughout the week. And uh, the next question I wanted to know from him, just watching film, what stood out to him? They play a lot of different defenses. Um, they have the ability to uh, get into like a, a bared front, which they play a lot of the time. They play a lot of four down fronts. Um, it's rare that they'll play an odd rush due to the fact that their, um, their rush guy got hurt a week or two ago. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're a defense that, that moves everyone in different places. Like, there are times when they'll have their safeties playing in the box and have their um, linebackers playing out against, like, a number two slot deal. Um, they move everyone around everywhere. So it's kind of going to be a, a, not a tough week, but one of those, one of those weeks where I have to go through uh, kind of my mental Rolodex and, and go through everything that I've had to go against in my five years here. That left me uh, one more question to ask him as far as uh, the film. What stood out was my first question. Who stood out is my next question. As a defense, more or less, they're a really sound defense. Like, no one's going to be in their wrong gap. Um, they've obviously put together some games. They took Baylor to the wire. They took LaTeX to the wire. They've, they've had games where they've played the whole four quarters and made teams have to beat them. So um, their defense overall is really good. They've got a really good uh, three technique, number 99. He's... Uh, I think he's their only senior on defense, honestly, but this guy it will just get after it, and he has a very, very high motor, just does not give up on plays and flies around and is always close to the ball. So he's a guy that we have to watch out for as an O-line. Now, one of the things that's really going to be a challenge for the Thundering Herd, we've talked about this, it happened with Middle Tennessee, and I think the Herd have learned the lesson. They know they got to bring their own energy. If you're going to Texas, now – these players really don't have that much as far as what Marshall going to Texas means, the history. But they do know what an empty stadium feels like. And when you go play Rice, you're not going to have that much of a, of a crowd, just to be honest. I'm not joking when I say there will probably be more Herd fans there, or at least there's the potential for more Marshall fans in the stands than Rice fans. And it's going to be pretty quiet not much atmosphere whatsoever. And so you got to get up for that. You can't go into that situation hoping to feed off the energy of the game because there's not going to be much energy, at least from the stand. So that was one of the questions I wanted to find out from Levi since he's kind of had experience with this. He's been in situations where you've gone to places, the venues where there's really not much crowd, much energy. And I just wanted to know from him how much of a challenge is it to kind of bring your own energy? Like you said, we've done this before. I've played in environments um, where no one's going to be there, and I've played in environments where you know the crowd's completely packed and you can't hear the quarterback's cadence. So it's one of those things where it's just it kind of just happens. You know, there are places that don't have as many fans as we do, and it's one of those things that you kind of just accept. It. It's a big thing that Doc will harp on during this week is that you have to make your own juice and bring your own juice. And um, strength coaches, you know, they live for times like this. Like our, our guys are already in our ears, yelling us to, ha to have juice and stuff like that. Because, I mean, believe it or not, it is a big thing that affects a team. Um, really, as long as we're happy and, and playing our game, I don't think that outside crowd noise can necessarily affect us. But as long as we have our own juice and our own energy, um, like the strength coaches and like Doc are harping on this week, then I think that we can continue to play our game. Levi Brown talking about just the fact that, you know, being able to make reads and adjustments. It's a it's a huge difference. Um, 
for example, my first year, I could not, like I knew what fronts were playing center and I knew like what certain things were to do, but it helped me out a lot having, you know, a Michael Selby beside me to help me out and learn stuff like that. But as, you know, the years have gone on and I've got, you know, Millette and Kane Madden beside me, I've taught them over the past two years, like this is exactly what's going to happen. So it's almost like I don't necessarily have to make calls a lot of times. Like I'll go out on the game field and I'll make alternative calls that I haven't necessarily used in practice, but because we're so close as a group, um, those guys know exactly what I mean and, and know who I'm identifying. And the running backs can tell just where I'm working also, because we've had so many weeks and years at this point almost of just working together. So it's almost like a, a secondhand kind of communication deal where everyone knows where everyone's supposed to go. So um, the fronts aren't necessarily a huge deal. It's the personnel that's in that front that, that makes it a big deal. And, and those guys know that. And are, we're all learning it quick, fast, and hurry together. Good question. Rice, their defense, if you look at their scores, they've been pretty good defensively. They haven't won a game yet. Let's call it what it is. They haven't won a game yet. But defensively, for the most part, they haven't been blown out really by anybody. And they've got a solid defense. They're able to get into the backfield. And that was a question for Levi. What is Rice doing on defense to get into the backfield? I think it's more of not necessarily the fronts that everyone's getting in, it's the personnel. So, for instance, what we'll do a lot of the time is that whenever we have, they have a, a rush defender, we'll try and put things necessarily towards them. And I think a lot of people will go out and, from what I've seen in the film that I watched, like the Baylor game yesterday, people weren't accounting for a rush defender and they were going more or less to a linebacker and they were turning the, the rush free on a running back in pass protection or things like that. So it turned into a big on little situation and that's one that, you know, speaking for us, we don't necessarily like that matchup a lot of times. We'll take the biggest guy we can in our pass protection and a lot of people weren't doing that. So I think it's just personnel that people weren't matching up for 100% that, you know, but the good thing is this is week nine. Now I can watch that and, and correct myself off their mistakes. That's the film doctor himself, Levi Brown, breaking it down. So Levi kind of has a good idea of what this team looks like defensively. Later on, we're going to hear from Devontae Beckett. Kind of get an idea of what this team looks like offensively. But we're going to turn our attention to Marshall Volleyball. The Thundering Herd in action coming up against Louisiana Tech. That's going to be at the Cam Henderson Center. That'll be 6 o'clock tomorrow night. The head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team, Ari Agnes, she is set to call in. We're going to talk to her. She's actually stepping aside from practice for just a few minutes to be with us, so we're going to take advantage of that when we continue. We'll hear from her, kind of get an idea of what the herd has in store for Louisiana Tech. Later on, we'll hear from Tavante Beckett as well, and we'll get your phone calls in as time permits at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 on the Miller Lite phone lines. We've got all of this still to come here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thundering Herd in action at the Cam Henderson Center tomorrow, taking on Louisiana Tech. Volleyball action returning to the Cam. First serve set for 6 p.m. Thundering Herd coming to the contest 13-9 overall, 4-5 in conference play. And joining us now on the program, the head coach, of the Marshall Volleyball team, Ari Agnes. Uh, Coach, you haven't been on in a couple weeks. Uh, I figure it's time. Get you back on. We need to get some herd luck back your way, and I figure I'm the perfect guy to give it to you, right? I, that's at least the theory. I, I couldn't agree more. That's my theory. I'm, I'm the one. I'm going to give you the luck. <laughs> it's all you. So you've been holding out on us a little bit here, but as long as we're we're coming back and you're going to give it to us, we should be good to go then. I hope so. I do. Um 
conference has been tough. Um, this is a this is a better conference than uh, I think a lot of people realize uh, for sure. a, a lot of the Olympic sports. Volleyball, uh, no exception. Uh, four and five in conference play, right in the thick of it. Uh, it's not going to be easy, is it? No, no, not at all. It, you know what? As much as record can show it, we've got conference in the top 25 in the nation. So at no point is anything going to be easy. We don't want it to be easy. We are we are lucky to be in this conference, and we hope to get there one day. Not there yet, but doesn't mean that we can't take them down. So it's been tough, but it's been it's been really encouraging to see, even after a loss like we had last Friday, how well we bounced back to sweep a team that is is ranked higher than us. So we, we definitely have it in us. It just takes a little bit to get it out, but but that's the whole process, right? Exactly. The adversity sometimes is uh, mm-hmm. part of uh, really the growth there. And you've seen your fair share of it, but at the same time, I'm sure you've got to be happy with the perseverance of this team. Nobody seems to have really just packed it in, quit, or have got discouraged early. I mean, still, 13-9 and overall, 4-5 and in conference. You're right there. Yeah, still plenty of volleyball to play. We, you know, it's it's been really encouraging all year. And <clears throat> we have we have pressed to them that it we won't give up. You know what I mean? Like, if, even if we have lost, what do we lose? Five matches in a row. Um, this team is, is a group of fighters. But as a staff, we try to do a really diligent job of making sick. There's a next play. There's, there's, it's okay. We're, we're going to, as long as we learn something from each loss and we don't repeat the same mistakes, we're going to be in better shape by the time we make it to the conference tournament. And that's just continued to be the goal is a growth mindset, not, not a fixed mindset where we can only do certain things and the wins and losses determine and, and define us. That's just, that's not who we are. Has it been, has it been hard through that stretch knowing yeah, early on, on fire, going through everyone, and then you, you get into conference and you, again, you face that adversity. You know, was it a situation where early on everyone had bought in and they were feeling good about themselves, and then all of a sudden you get into conference play and it's like, okay, um, yeah, we, we need to step it up here a little bit. Was it anything like that? Not at all, honestly. I mean, in, in the sense that we played a really tough preseason schedule, but again, I can't emphasize enough how tough Conference USA is. Um, it's volleyball-wise is, is pushing to be one of the top conferences in the country, having two top 25 teams in your conference, and then being able to battle with those teams, the, the other top teams in the conference, just means that they're right there. Um, so it's, it's very much we've been excited for conference. I think that I think we, after the, the early success that we had, probably just got a little bit like, oh, my gosh, we started to put pressure on ourselves and, and stopped playing free and loose, which is what we like to do. So last Sunday at UTSA, that's kind of was the basis of getting back to, and, and the girls responded really well. So it's just a matter of remembering who we are when we started, what caused those wins, and how do we re- redo that feeling again. All right, I'm going to ask you for some advice. Um, I have, oh. at times... I go out there and I'm not playing free and loose, and you know, obviously, radio is not volleyball. But you know, how do you get back to that point where you're just going out and doing it and having fun and enjoying it and not putting pressure on yourself? I mean, as a coach, you're not just teaching the game of volleyball. I mean, you're giving life lessons as well. I mean, you know, people don't realize how many different hats you wear as a coach. You know, we um, we have a very open door policy in here, and. A lot of the girls spend a significant amount of time in our offices, and we try to not talk volleyball. We try to just keep it about who you are. So as we've gotten to know them as humans, the trust for us to be able to have the hard conversations of, hey, we're not playing to our potential. 
how do we regroup? But I'm, I'm really lucky with the staff that I have that after our loss on Friday, we all sat down for an hour and a half and didn't want to complain about what's, what happened or how we played. It was just like, how do we do better? How do we, what can we control and how can we do better? So we made some significant changes and we were able to look at ourselves, which is what we ask the girls to do every single day. So we shouldn't be too big to be able to do those things as well. Um, and we, we made changes and we just kept it light. So the advice, as much as we all say it, is we just we reset after every point, whether we got it or didn't. We it's it's not having your highs can never be too high and your lows can never be too low. So we just every point, no matter what happened, we reset and talk about what we thought was going to happen, how we can prepare for the next play, and didn't let them try to not let the score affect them. But we are a young team that doesn't play well with a ton of aggravated emotions. And so we just had to calm it down. We had to slow the game down and calm it down and get it back to the basics. I don't play well with aggravated emotions either, so <laughs> I, I completely, <laughs> completely get that 100%. As, as far as this team's growth, you're at a point now where you're pretty well into it. This isn't a new situation. I mean, let's be fair. Uh, you spend a lot of time with them. You get to know your team quickly. You get to know what you can expect from each player. Are you pleased, even though there's um, still plenty of, of games left, are you pleased where you're at? I mean, if this team started over the schedule where they're at now, would you feel comfortable that, okay, this team's a lot better than what I started with? You know, uh, yeah, a hundred times, yes. Um, but I would say that without any wins. These, these kids have just bought in and, and taken a step in the direction that, that we wanted to fix the culture. And that's what we said the first time we talked, that we were coming in to set a new standard and set a new precedent. But for them to be able, for, for young athletes, and, and we have some very talented athletes on, the, on our team, to be able to grow physically, mentally, and emotionally the way that they have, I, I, I will sing those phrases as, as much as I've given the opportunity. Um, it has a lot to do. It starts from the top, and we take ownership as a staff and, and we hold ourselves accountable for everything we expect them to do. So I think that they understand we're willing to kind of go through the mud with them. Um, and, and I'm, I'm so proud to be able to stamp my name along with them. And, and it's just, it's an unbelievable feeling because no matter what happens from here on out, this is a fun group. We're actually in practice today and everybody's dressed up for Halloween and they're, it's just fun. It's a fun atmosphere, and then you get out there, and they're still competing and still having a good time. And we're going to go give some candy out tonight at the Safe Trick or Treat and, and go to Rocco's and do some really fun things. So I think that when you have a family like that that you want to spend time with and want to be around, you, you have nothing but pride beaming from you. All right, I'm just going to clarify. They're not actually practicing in their Halloween costumes. Oh, uh, They very much are. What? Yep. We will post some videos later on Twitter, so... Stay tuned, but we 100%. We've got everything from um, a couple of basketball players that they dressed up as. We've got a hippie. We've got the staff dressed up in onesies from Sesame Street. And then we've also – who else is that? We've got a the Grinch. The Grinch is down there. Um, Forky from the new Toy Story. They they did very well. They they took a lot of commitment with these, um, with these costumes. Um. I gotta ask this. I mean, we'll get back to the serious stuff here in a second. But since I'm off track, let's let's just go ahead and commit 100. Um, percent What is Jake Agnes wearing? He is Elmo. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be because he is the, probably the most. So Taylor owns I owns Austin's ice cream. She is the cookie monster. I'm Big Bird. Sean is uh, Oscar the Grouch, and then Sean, uh, Jake is Elmo. Okay. I can't wait to see the photos. And, of course, uh, safe trick-or-treat tonight. Uh, if anyone's interested, yes. he'll be in the uh, Elmore outfit. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Ari Agnes <laughs> is with us, uh, Marshall Volleyball. Uh, and there it is right there on Twitter, the photos. So you can go to Herd Volleyball Twitter right now and see the <laughs> entire group of um, – someone's even dressed up as a Sim from The Sims. That's that's yeah, outstanding. That's a good one. That's outstanding. Uh, talking about relaxing and fun. They're having fun. So um, tomorrow – Six o'clock, Cam Henderson Center, the place to be, and they'll be uh, not dressed in their outfits at this point. No, uh, no. no, no, no Elmos on the on the court. But uh, you've got uh, Louisiana Tech coming in here. You know, what can you tell us about the, what we can expect? You know, they're under the same direction. They've got a new head coach. They're amped up about it. They they play really well and really hard for her. So I think that it's going to be a battle. But but again, we have reshifted our energy to just worrying about ourselves, and, and I'm excited. It should be a really fun time. Um, we played really well on Sunday. We've been playing really well all week, so we just got to carry that over. Um, but they're, they're a very good team. It's, it's a win that we need to try to make sure that we get so that we continue to, to build here and get to the conference tournament. But we're excited to host them. I'm excited to um, battle against, you know, their, their coach was a tremendous player back in her day at the University of Florida, and she's a well-respected um, coach now, so I'm I'm excited. I have a lot of respect for what they're doing and, and how they're pulling things out, and and I think that it'll be a really interesting match. Louisiana Tech Friday, and then uh, I can look ahead. You can't. Um, you've got <laughs> Charlotte coming in on Sunday. We can just say it's happening on Sunday. You can't look ahead. You're not allowed. <laughs> it is. Charlotte's going to be the one, too. We went third place, beat them in four. Um, we played really well. We had a lot of things going really well, so Everybody that we kind of finish out conference here with, we've got to just put our best foot forward and, and worry about ourselves and stay committed and true and just not lose sight of the bigger picture, which is truly just playing hard and hard, fast and loose as well as we can. Thundering herd, thirteen and nine overall, four and five in conference USA, facing off against uh, Louisiana Tech. That'll be six o'clock on Friday, and uh, hopefully you get a great crowd to show up. For that, I think uh, the Halloween costumes sell it already. I, I think you'll probably get an, <laughs> an extra couple of hundred people showing up just for that. I hope so. I hope so. So you mentioned safe trick or treat. Uh, the squad's coming down. Uh, just how important is it for them to um, be a part of the community? Uh, I know that's part of the culture change that you're pushing. It's huge. Um, those that we we want to be out there as much as possible, even like to get people to come to the games, but just to be. Um, approachable you know like the girls love to get to know people they love to get to have conversations and and during season we don't get a huge chance to go volunteer and do stuff like that so we're actually splitting the time with women's soccer they're going ahead of us while we finish practice and then we're going on the later end to hand out candy and just give back in any way we can while still being able to have a really cool time this is something that i've never seen done before and i think it's an awesome opportunity for a community to come together and have a safe space to go do things, and then the girls get to give the candy out. I, I think that they still think they're the ones trick-or-treating, but it'll be a fun surprise when we get there that they're not. They're handing the candy out. But then we're going to do some fun team activities tonight and get some good food and some good rest and be ready to go tomorrow. You know, I'm manning a table here after the show. I'm heading down to Safe Trick-or-Treat. I'm manning a table. 
So well, you have to come see the costumes in face to face then. Well, I figured that they would come and come over to my table because I'll have candy. Okay. So yeah, then they probably will. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I'll have candy. There's no rule. Like, yeah, if, <laughs> if there's a co- if there's a person in a costume, I guess I'm supposed to give candy. To the I per- think you're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. So, what will your costume be? I'm Pittsburgh. We're we're already in the we're in everything. We're not changing. I don't see that posted on social media. I don't see the Big Bird uh, costume posted. We will put it up there, I promise. And then you'll see it for yourself, and then you can post it and get us some more <laughs> followings as well. Okay, I can do that. Um, yeah, I'm looking right now. I, I, I see everybody but Big Bird on the squad, unless uh, – <laughs> uh, okay, uh, maybe I see Big Bird. I don't know. I can't tell. I see a yellow mass. I see Elmo. Okay, maybe maybe that's you. Is that you and Big Bird? It is. If it's in the yellow, I think it's the only one in a- I think that is the only one. Okay. Um, I, would, I would die laughing if you coached in this tomorrow. Okay. Well, let's not get too crazy. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Jake's jacket, so, I mean, might as well go all the way. Yeah, might as well just fully commit to Halloween, huh? I would. I would completely commit. Uh, we'll see you at Safe Trick or Treat tonight. Let's remind everyone, again, Friday, it's going to be 6 o'clock. Looking for a lot of support to come out. And also coming on Sunday at 1 p.m., uh, Charlotte coming back to the Henderson Center for you to hopefully beat in three this time instead of four. Agreed. And uh, how fast are you really going to try to get this thing over with tomorrow? Because women's soccer is at 7 o'clock tomorrow. So you're basically going to try to get this thing over in an hour so everybody can head over to soccer. 100%, and then we can be there with them. We are excited to hopefully get in beat LaTeX, and then get right over to women's soccer. Sounds like it's going to be fun. Coach, good having you back on. Uh, let's uh, hope for a couple of wins this weekend, and uh, we'll get you back on. I'll tell you what, if if you win both, uh, you're coming back on like every single week no matter what. All right. Yeah, that we'll know then. It'll be my fault since I didn't book you back on the show. That would be my I fault. I would 100% agree to this, this transaction we've got going on. Here. I like I'm it. Game. I like it. Coach, good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Ari Agnes, she's Big Bird. You'll find Big Bird tonight at Safe Trick or Treat. By the way, Safe Trick or Treat, usually on the Cabell County lawn. No, it's going to be in the Big Sandy Superstore Arena. You know why? Because the weather has prevented outdoor trick or treating. But we're still going to be giving candy away at the Big Sandy Superstore Arena. I am not dressed up. I have a I have a staff shirt on. I'm not dressed up. I'm going as myself. And that's my costume. Sorry. I'm just, I didn't have a budget this year. The show doesn't have much of a budget anyway, just to be, be quite frank with you. When we come back from break, we're going to hear from Tavante Beckett. We'll get his thoughts on the game. We'll find out what he saw on film, what this team looks like as far as the defensive side of things uh, for Rice. We'll see what the defense has to say about Rice when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up this weekend, it's going to be the Thundering Herd facing off against the Rice Owls. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. If you're looking for a place to watch the game, guess what? We've got the perfect place for you. We're going to be at Roosters on Saturday. So if you want to watch the game with us, come down to Roosters. We'll be on the air three hours before kickoff. You can watch all the games. And, of course, you can get – I know it's a wing place, but they have the best salads. Believe me, they have the best salads. So what you could do is you could get a salad 
and then get the wings. You've eaten healthy, and then you can get the wings. That's what I do usually. I get the salad, the wings. It's great. You can do that at Roosters on Saturday. Join us for college football today. Okay, let's get you caught up on what Devontae Beckett thinks about the Rice Owls. Same question I asked Levi Brown. I kind of want to know as far as uh, where Devontae was as the film study continues. What did he see when he was looking at the film? Physical team. You could tell they they plan. You could tell they better than their record. Like it's obvious. I mean the message we tell our t- they told the team was just take them serious because you really can't take this game off. Now I didn't expect him just to tell me, oh they're terrible. They're they're winless. They're terrible. But the sense I'm getting from everyone, including listening to Doc, is this team. You look at their record. Don't look at their record. Look at what they've done on the field. And they have, for the most part, been in almost every contest. You don't want this to be the week that the Thundering Herd loses because Rice finally put it all together. You want to make sure they don't put it together. So I'm hearing and seeing the respect that the Thundering Herd has for the Rice Owls. Now, I wanted to hear from Tevante as far as uh, what he saw from his position. What stood out? Uh, aggressiveness, you know. They just, old school. It kind of reminds me of old school football. Like, they're just going to line up in that ISO, and they're going to run it. They're going to send a fullback right at you, and you're just going to have to deal with it all game. And when they find something they like, they're just going to keep going at you. So we got to make sure we show no weaknesses. So old-school football, kind of heard that in describing Rice. They're kind of that type of team. They're going to grind it out. Old-school football. I don't know how many passes they're going to throw. I mean, maybe they're going to run student body right all the time. I don't know. But – that's kind of the feeling I'm getting from everyone is, is this going to be a grinded-out game? This might be a low-scoring game. Who knows? And if that's the case, I don't know how I feel about that. I want a high-scoring game. I want Marshall to just go out there, jump on them, and force the tone a little bit more in this game. Now, same question I asked Levi. I kind of want to get an idea as far as uh, Beckett was concerned, looking at personnel, who stood out to him? I just The offensive line as a group, the physical, you know, they – you can kind of see, I've seen them, how they did a technique, and it was just like picture perfect. And then you think of their record, just like, hold up. And I just realized, like, they really are better than their record. So no no particular player stood out to me. Just the offensive line as a group was a, an aggressive group, and I was just taking note of it. Even the fullbacks and tight ends, too, how they were blocking. And they was getting uh, physical, so, yeah. Sometimes that's a good thing if you're on that squad that everyone's really – doing their job, not standing out because they're all good at what they do. And other times, if you're playing a team like that, you're kind of concerned, like, okay, they don't really have a guy you can just key in because everybody's good at their job. So that's probably going to be the challenge this week for the Thundering Herd, just the fact that everyone seems to go out there for Rice. They don't really kill themselves. They don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. They don't have costly penalties. And so this is a team you got to go out and beat. They're not really going to beat themselves. Now, when we talked to Levi Brown earlier, I kind of wanted to get an idea, hey, you've been around for a while, you know what this is like, you go into a situation where there's not going to be that much energy. And sort of a similar question I have for Tevante. just wanted to know, is it harder really getting ready for a game when you have to bring your own energy? We've been doing that all year, kind of. Yeah, you could say that because, I mean, you don't have a crowd to play for. Like certain players, like myself, I play off a crowd, feed off the stuff like that, little stuff. And um, But with the games like this, you know, you just, we're bringing our own energy. Our energy got to be us, our sideline, keeping momentum on our side. Mo- momentum can be our 
the little uh, the energy we need. So we just gotta we can't look into the crowd and let that affect us. I mean, being a college football player, you you only get what 12, 13 games, 14. So it's just like you just take advantage. It don't matter who in the crowd. You just able to play football. Just grateful. And that's an important point that you hear from some of these guys. They don't realize until it's too late that, hey, I only have so many of these games. A guy like Beckett realizes, look, I don't have that many opportunities, so I better come out here and bring it. And, yes, it's going to be a little harder going into that situation. For some of the younger guys, they're going to go into that situation, and it's just going to be dead in that stadium. No atmosphere, no college game day pageantry. Fans are going to be very hard to find in the stands. You might have a crowd of herd fans. It's going to feel like a maybe a, I don't know, a youth league football game. It might feel like that crowd-wise. You just have a, a small group, primarily your fans, probably cheering for you, and there's not going to be that much energy in the stadium. So that's going to be the big challenge there. Now, we circle back to Rice. Tavante talked about their record. They haven't won a game yet. And so you've got to be on high alert. You can't put too much into that because you just have to treat it as a game. You can't worry that, okay, they're a team desperate for a win. They haven't won yet. And you can't really put that into that scenario for you. You have to just kind of keep it at, we got to go out, got to be 1-0, got to be 1-0. And so forget the record. Marshall looks at Rice I don't think they even care what the record is. The record, according to Devante, is really deceptive. That's what I'm saying. Like one one play call away from winning the game, or one stop away, or making a play, and they they don't have they have a win. So you can tell they come out every week fighting for that win. Like they're winless, but they don't play like it. They don't, you can see they haven't given up on their season yet. So this is going to be a Rice team that comes out there. They're not going to play like they're 0-8. They're going to come out, and they're going to play with a lot of perseverance. I think for Rice, it's trying to get better, trying to get better for next year, trying to put some forward momentum in place. A win over Marshall would do wonders for this program as far as putting them in a better place mentally. You can see that their perseverance has paid off. That's what they're hoping for. Marshall's hoping that they don't get that win. They keep them winless at least one more week. Now, Rice is going to be a tough team defensively to deal with because they really don't have a go-to quarterback. They use multiple quarterbacks, and Tavante talked about the fact that, yeah, they're going to have multiple quarterbacks or they might use multiple quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, it's still the same scheme. It's going to take us a while to get in rhythm for for different quarterbacks, but I mean, I'm pretty sure all of them coming in got to run the same plays and how the offense is ran. They all got to execute the play call, and we just got to execute our play call. Us executing our call will eliminate who's that quarterback. It shouldn't even matter for us as a defense. And uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of get a feel for different people. You know, certain people want to scramble, certain people are rather throw air it out. So. While we get into more film study, we'll figure that out and see, you know, the tendencies of each quarterback and try to get a feel for all of them before the game. And over the last few weeks, Marshall's really got a good feel for what the quarterbacks have been doing, the tendencies. Early on, we saw quarterbacks that could just kill you on the ground. 
quarterbacks that could just win the game. And Marshall, as the season's progressed, has gotten a lot better defensively as far as actually getting to the quarterback, taking the quarterback out of the equation. And for these several weeks, it's been fun. It's really been fun to see how many times can Marshall get to the quarterback. And we go back to talking about energy. you got to make your own energy. Good question that Tavante was asked about just feeding off that energy, getting out there, seeing a guy make a sack. You're feeding off that. You want to go out there, get a sack, and here's Tavante talking about that. That's kind of been our story. Like, you see a couple – you see – a guy get a pressure and it's just like it gets to look going. Then somebody else come in and then you kind of want to get in the field. So when coach call your play, you kind of want it. You got to go a little bit faster because you know them boys get into the quarterback too. We've been doing that a lot, feeding off each other, like seeing each other just make plays more and more each week and getting more sacks and just being productive and keeping that same energy as a defense is. Uh, it's pretty cool actually to see see other people make plays and it makes you want to make more plays and not being like, not saying you can go out your way to just when opportunity comes, you might be a step, st- taking a step there early to even get there even quicker to make that play. So we feed off each other though. And finally with Tavante, one of the questions asked of him was going back to that temple. This is like an old school team. You're, you're facing off against their type of team that likes to ground it out. And uh, Tavante just talks about what kind of tempo they can expect. That just shows you how disciplined they're going to be. Like They're not in a rush to do anything crazy. They're going to take their time and they're going to line up in our formation and you stop them first. And if you don't, they're just going to keep going at you. So. I mean, give you a little time to get your, get your break and communicate with your defense so we're all on the same page for what they're about to bring. Uh, hope that, that sounds like it's going to be helpful to us. we all on the same page and executing the call that's called. I feel like we got a great chance every play. Just go one and know every play. So that's Devontae Beckett breaking it down for the Thundering Herd. Now you kind of have a good idea of what this team will face when they go against Rice. We'll have more about this tonight. Don't forget... Right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, it'll be Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hammer. You can find out about the Virginia Tech deal and more with him. And then after that, it'll be the Doc Holliday Show. We'll have that right here for you on your home of the herd, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Kenny Sellerts. Pretty much the jack of all trades around here at Kendrick Communications. For Kenny, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone.